Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Jay, and we're going to have another episode of Anointed Radio. And we're going to come in normal fashion. And we're going to come out of uh, Numbers chapter 6, 24 through 26, where it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turns his face towards you and give you peace. You can get your peace, your inner peace from God. No matter what you go through, no matter how much hell and hot water that life throws at you, to get peace, to attain peace, you get it through God. To get that strength that you need, you get it through God. Amen. Dear Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you're putting our way, God. God, continue to bless us. Continue to take control. God, let something be said today to have somebody say, what can I do to be saved? Plant the seed, God. God, bring deliverance. God, bring bring healing, God. Bring financial breakthrough to all the listeners, God, right now. Let the relationships be mended, God. Let forgiveness be placed in hearts, God. God, expand the territory of Anointed Radio. God, let us be able to touch the untouchable, reach the unreachable, teach the unteachable, God. God, we just thank you. We glorify you for everything that you're doing, bringing us through this week. Continue to be at the hem of this ship, God, and to be able to guide us where you want us to go, mold us to be the people you want us to be, and let us be able to speak the things that you want us to speak, God. Let you take control. God, we thank you. We glorify you. We give you all the glory and all the praise, and we say that all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Amen, everybody. This is Pastor Jay, and like always, you can find me at Anointed Jaylon, everybody, anointed Jaylon at Instagram and Twitter. You can um, download all my new music, uh, all my music, renew my praise. Jesus, you make me happy. Wake up, bless on all digital platforms. Uh, I want to be able to give a shout out to Dr. Clay, everybody, Dr. Clay. Um, definitely keep her in your prayers. She cannot make it tonight due to um, it was an emergency in her family, um, a loss in her family. So definitely pray for her and her family, the Clay family, for their loss. Um, definitely in this time, definitely go follow her at LordKnows.com and um, Clay Marvinetta, and check her music out at DrMarvinettaClay.com. Another thing is to go check out Chris Johnson. Um, you could check him out on his website at Sing Chris J. Go download his song, Chasing After You. He has some new music coming, hot off the press, y'all. So with that being said, make sure you go and follow Chris Johnson. Amen, amen. So we have DW, DW. Okay, here we go. There you go. What's going on? We're here. I'm All just right. Excited to be here. Uh, number one, let me just say congratulations on three years of being in radio. You know, a Thank lot of people start and they don't get to this point. So congratulations on that. Also, um, just go to Instagram at the DW Experience and click the link in the bio. I got a little um, SoundCloud song up there so that you can hear. Um, gonna be involved in some health and wellness. So you'll be able to hear that also. And then you also get to get upcoming dates 
on the show that's coming up. It is coming. It's going to be like a surprise, but it is coming. And, and again, thank you, Pastor Jay, for, for this experience, uh, for this training ground, and just really grateful for this opportunity to be a part of the team. And I am looking forward to tonight. Amen. Yeah. And we definitely thank you for coming to be the new edition of the Anointed Radio family. Um, one thing I could definitely say is you're learning quick. Amen. You know, that's that's the best part about it. And once you on, it's going to be like training wheels. As soon as you be able to take off on your own, it's going to be natural. So um, one thing that de definitely make sure you check out soon coming up very soon on the Anointed Radio platform, the DW experience. He's going to have his own his own uh, crew. Everything is going to be with some great uh, um, hosting, some great artists, some great yes, music, great guests, questions, all that stuff. Very interesting things to be able to stay tuned in. Um, another thing I have to say, because today is the day that it is Veterans Day. Amen. So I salute to all the soldiers, past, present, and um, want anybody to know that if, if you served and you need help, definitely go get help during this time. You know, I lost a, a, I lost a good friend I served around this time, and I, I wish somebody would have been able to get to him during that time. So mental health is wealth, okay? You know, taking care of your mental health, it gives you a lot of wealth to be able to survive longer. So definitely anybody that's dealing with anything, um, Veterans Day is, yes, one day that veterans get to be able to get certain things and, and coffees and food and dinner. But let's be able to support your local veteran. If it's your son, your nephew, your cousin, your, your neighbor, and be able to help them because a lot of times they just need some type of help or support because you never know what somebody's been through. With that being said, um, Tamara is here. Timara. 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 What's all right? I think. I think her device is not connected. She's coming. She's coming. She's coming, y'all. There she go. Bam. There she go. She on mute though. Yeah, you on mute. There you go. There I am. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you. Thank you. So where can everybody find you? Well, uh, on Facebook, Timara Walker. I have a personal page and an artist page. I say follow both because it, it depends on how I feel that day where a video or something is going. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, I am Timara Sings. And I think I'm that on Snapchat too, but you want to get used to me first before you follow me on Snapchat. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> on that is like you got to know me first before you yeah. follow. Me. Before you follow me on Snapchat, just get exactly. to know me first. Mm -hmm. So we're just gonna go straight into interview because I I, I I couldn't wait. Usually we play music. We'll play music after. So. Um, we're going to do a Pastor J icebreaker question. All right. And the Pastor J icebreaker question is, if you could only sing in one genre for the rest of your life, what genre would you pick? Ooh, uh, Got you on that one. Wow. You did. You did. <laughs> wow. Um Okay, you know what? I, I know what genre. I'm going to go ahead and say 
country music because they allow for kind of everything. Like, you know, they range from hallelujah to I ran your dog over with my Cadillac. Like I, I can I can fit between those two things. So country. Okay. I got you. Mm-hmm. That's that was a good one. Because I probably would have said R and B and I'd been like so why RB? I was like, because yeah, I, I don't think I can do too many, you know, like the typical the R and B when folks could really sing, you know, every dude was in the rain with his shirt open, like every song you knew it was gonna be killer if his cover had his shirt open. He ain't had no chest, but it was wet and it was raining. They're like that was the way to go, and then there you go, that's it right there. <laughs> Like, you you know, know, Eva Bison, Michael Jackson, Prince, um, all, of that. Of more? <laughs> all of that. Because you see, like Michael Jackson, he went pop a little bit, right? But then when he came with Human Nature, he got on that elbow and he was looking at people with his little wet wave look. That was the, you had. There was just something you had to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So in, I got to introduce you to some and reintroduce you to others. Um, where is your hometown and where do you reside now? Um, my hometown is Toledo, Ohio. I wasn't born there, but I was raised there. And now I am a almost 10 year resident of Las Vegas. Wow. So how was that change from Las Vegas to Toledo, Ohio? Hot. Cause, uh, you know, back in, back in Toledo, we had, we had things called seasons. There were four of them. So we, we went through four different levels of temperatures here in Vegas. We do too. Not hot and hot and like, that's it. But it's, I mean, the change from the Midwest to the West coast is ridiculous. I, I don't think I could live in Toledo anymore, but you know, it's still my hometown, but I couldn't live there. Okay. So one thing I would want to ask is what was the moment that you realized that singing was your passion? Um, I was two and I, I shouldn't remember that, but my parents, uh, my father was a pastor, my mother being a first lady at the time, they kept track of all of that stuff. So there's a literal picture of me at two years old, standing on the altar of my dad's church, singing a solo that I did not know. So my mother was squatting behind the piano, feeding me the words, and I'm standing there with this microphone singing. And from that point forward, I don't, I don't think I've shut up yet. Mm. Yeah. I, I love it. I love I mean, it. Yeah. And it just, it was the answer to everything. Like that's, that's what I wanted to do. I was never that chick that was trying to stay up in the club all the time or, you know, I, I, I love fashion, but I was never trying to be nobody's model. It's just always been singing. Amen. And I, I love that. Like when I was researching you, so anytime we have a guest, you know, I go to Google, YouTube and, and just immerse myself in, in the artist culture. And I actually, chose not to with you because first of all, a lot of people don't realize how much music you actually have out there that varies from gospel, emotional, soundtracks, pop. Um, you have a video that's viral of you singing Oh Holy Night in DC. Like you're, you're literally across the board genre wise. And I was talking to an artist friend of mine who grew up in church also, but also has that diverse diversity in their music. Um, one, I want to know, how did you know you were so diverse and like, where did your confidence come from? 
So um, it's the beginning of my story. My daddy being a pastor had a huge part to deal with that. I grew up in a I grew up in a non-denominational church. It was the name of my father's church was Christian Community Church. Um, My grandfather founded it, my dad's father. But his roots were in Baptist, but he chose to open the church as non-denominational. And then um, when I was born, my dad was attending Harvard. He was getting ready to graduate from there. And uh, after he graduated, we stayed in Boston a little while, went back. And then he took over as pastor of my grandfather's church. I was eight. And Mm -hmm. He was also a music teacher at um, uh, at first an elementary and then a junior high school. And, you know, back in the day, everybody had Dr. Smith as their music teacher. But my father never limited what the music was in the house. I mean, obviously, I heard gospel because he was a, a preacher, but we had a Hammond B3 and a baby grand piano in the house. And sometimes he would sit on the organ and play it as well. But sometimes he would sit on the piano and play every Stevie Wonder song he ever heard. I didn't know that the, I had no idea there was actually um, there existed a, a, a thought process that if you were saved, you could only listen to gospel music. I did not know that until I was like 17. I had no idea. So the way that I was raised was, you know, I just heard all this music and he had me singing everything at three o'clock in the afternoon. He'd be, come here and learn this song real quick. And I'm, I'm singing Diana Ross for no reason at all. Um, but I, I didn't know that things were separated like that. So by the time I got to be an adult and I'm seeing all these other friends of mine that I went to church with, but they were in different denominations, um, specifically when I started going to conferences and stuff, I'm like, Y'all don't know who Mary J. Blige is. What? Like, you know, I I had no idea. So I just I didn't even know it was something to not be confident in. I was just raised that way. So let me just follow up with that. We we recently well, we believe we are pretty sure we will have the first black female vice president, Kamala Harris. Yes. And uh, one of the. Shout out and big ups. I feel like this is the season of the black woman. Um, but one of the conversations that's been out there is that black women are exhausted. You know, just really um, being great, but never being acknowledged. So just to spill over into music and hearing you and, and me just experiencing your music as a black woman in the music industry, have you faced that challenge? Have you been exhausted? or face challenges as a black woman that you may not experience if you were not a black woman? Absolutely. Um, I can't even say that I have been exhausted. I am exhausted. Like it's, it's so different. Um, I have, I have done a lot of different things. Like, I mean, going viral is way different from being in a Cirque du Soleil show is way different from, you know, all the other musical stuff I've done here in Vegas. I've sung behind gospel artists. I've sung behind R&B artists like mainstream. Interesting how those two worlds collide, but that's another conversation. Um, But those, it's like in that whole thing, I have been told no maybe 700 billion trillion times. And it's always for something that and I, let me let me just put the disclaimer in. I'm not saying that it didn't happen for me because I was black. But the things that I was told seem to not be a problem for my non-black counterparts. But mm-hmm. for me, it's a deal breaker. For example, um, I, I, I'm considered a small woman, I guess, but I'm not 115 pounds and I've had 
count of two children. Okay. And you know, it's been, it's been an up and down journey for me. I'm very happy with the size I am now, but for, Ooh, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I just have to say it. Um, for black women, it's either that you're extremely into being a BBW or you're built like Beyonce. There's no in between. But Kelly Clarkson can be 230 pounds and have a talk show and a Grammy and three albums and MTV time and everything. She she can do that at 230 pounds. But her black counterparts, which would be me and my colleagues, if we hitting around 165, 170s, mm, you got to lose some weight. For what? I actually sing better when I'm fat. Why? Why is that? Why does it not work for me? But it works for, and I can go on and on and on because then we say, okay, but there's Lizzo. But Lizzo had to come out the complete extreme. Like, it's, she's not an in-betweener. She had to just be like, okay, well, I'm a BBW. That's what it is. And I'm, I'm going to be a star. But why are we only allotted to those those two things? Cardi B had a picture taken of her um, without makeup on and stuff. And they was talking about the roles in her, where her bra was at. Cardi B is 130 pounds, but why does she not get that pass? But Kelly Clarkson or uh, whatever that country girl's name is, I can't think of what it is, but, or even Leanne Rhymes, they just, they kind of get a pass for that. And it's like, well, we're just going to recognize your talent. Well, why don't we get that same thing? And it's, and it's hard because once you hear those things over and over, it's not just weight, it's the look, it's what you're willing to take off, what you demand to keep on, what, you know, your different level of respect for how your body is or is not going to be viewed. I don't mind wearing certain things, but I'm a married woman. So album or not, I'm not just going to be in my panties because somebody likes that. I, I don't, that's not the way I was raised. I'm a PK. It's just not what I have. Why don't black women get those same concessions? Like, why do we have to have so many conversations about you have to do this, you have to do this, or it's just not going to work. I can still sing. I can still entertain. People still love my music. What's what's the problem? That's what makes me exhausted. So you either quit or you say, no, I'm going to keep going. So I'm just going to keep going because, you know, I, it don't matter how much I weigh that Grammy is coming. I see the gown I'm going to have on when I win it. So, you know, that just is what it is. I just heard a hundred say, "Amen, sister, amen." <laughs> I'm just gonna touch and agree with the Grammy part. I'm gonna be there with you. I got you. I'm gonna Hello, be, I'm gonna be there with you. Hello, somebody. Well, let me let you know, know my my gown is purple. Just want you to know that. Okay, got you. I love mm-hmm. purple, so we might have Good. to match. So <laughs> one, one thing I could say, adding on to that, is I don't think it's just um, it's not just not just females in this in the, in the industry because. No. As as a as an African American male, and I'm heavy set, and there's there's a look, you know. I've been in LA. I'm so sorry. I'm cooking a roast, and my oven is done. That's my bad. Let me tell my kids to get that. Go ahead. Amen. So, <laughs> um, you know, I've been in the entertainment side, model side, acting side, and the, and there's always what you're kind of talking about that look. Yeah. I have to look like Idris Alba, or you got to look like um, from a male role. It's, it's, and it's not even that. It's really, we're even more limited because if you're not the fit, chiseled, or like looking like Vin Rames or something like that, mm-hmm. not really any in betweens with it. And it's, no, because you got to be Ruben Studdard. You got to be Ruben Studdard or Idris Alba. That's, and, that's it. And, and, and sometimes I won't even let. 
the Ruben stuff, that's so limited. <laughs> so right. it's not even, it's going to be open. And I think one thing is what you said, what will you allow in the conversation that involves you? You know, right. are you going to let somebody control how you look? Are you going to let somebody control the way people see you um, to cast you? Because, you know, coming from the entertainment side, you can get cast into a box. Yeah. And you think it's what you want until you realize that box is a very small box that you cannot get yourself out of due to it's so limited. You know, I, I always told myself in roles, going out for roles, for acting uh, roles, I will not be the gangster. Hello. I will be the thug or you know henchman i will be the police officer i'll be the doctor i will be the judge you know something to show up you know, i won't be the pimp i actually got a role <laughs> where uh, my agent sent me to be a pimp i'm like that's not is it, what i'm saying is casting and, and, right. and for a certain thing a 70s pimp or a 90s pimp it was a it was a it was a modern one. Okay. It was a modern one, and I was getting killed. It was a horror movie. So oh lord, you that? I'm not I'm not even in it. I'm, the NDA is gone for that one anyway. I can't say the movie. But it was just like it's sad that you get in these predicaments because when you were saying talking, I was like, hey man, because I've been in that world, and it's it's discouraging. Mm -hmm. It makes you sit here and say, do I really want to do this? And like you said, you're somebody's mom. Like, I'm someone's dad. Who who wants to have, like, I always think about them certain scenes that you know that these big celebrities have done. And you'd be like, how do you explain that to your grandchildren? Exactly. That's all I'm saying. So like, here's what I want to know, because we're, we're talking about the discouragement and I feel like I'm a newer fan of yours. I'm, I'm newer to Vegas and watching, you know, I had the pleasure of, of, of singing behind you at, at mountaintop and I just cried my face off and told you how much Thank it touched you. me. And it took me like an hour to get home and <laughs> my eyes out. But what I want to know is with the discouragement, we've had the pandemic, we've had so much change in the entertainment industry. Um, and you've been one of the few artists that I've seen to be resilient. You have your Wednesday night shows. Um, you've managed to stay working. And also, um, I'm, I'm going to throw this in here. I see that you are mentoring your children uh, to be musicians also. So I want to know what keeps you going and what do you say to your children as they enter into this industry with all the experience that you have had? Well, I'm going to be all the way transparent. I almost didn't keep going. When, um, when everything, so it was like the, what, the middle of March when they closed the schools and it was like everything was just shutting down. So March 15th, I got fired from four jobs in one day within two hours. And they made me come in person wow. to all four gigs. I was at three hotels on the strip and a business office right off the strip. And I had to go to every single one because we had to collect all of our personal things because at that time when they shut everything down, the the strip hotels were not suspending contracts. They were terminating them. And then they just had to wait until we got permission for the state and the city to open up and then they was taking it as a as we go basis. Well, where I was working um, at the Bellagio, I was 
uh, nightclub. It was like from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Those still are not authorized to be open. So I have some of my coworkers that were doing the earlier shifts. They're back on a very limited, small scale, but I'm not. And my other two gigs in different hotels, they all, they just went away. Um, the other one that I had was associated with the junior NBA and the uh, summer league. And except for the bubble, they can't really exist right now. So everything I had was gone. Um, I did slip into a depression and ended up in the hospital actually with diabetic ketoacidosis because I was so depressed. I I just was to the, I never, I never thought I would say that I felt like I was suicidal because I didn't, I didn't feel like that. But my choices to eat what I was eating and the way I was eating and not doing anything, staying in the house, that was a willful decision to, to do harm to myself. And I paid for that. I ended up in ICU for a week. Um, I was on morphine for three days and that, you know, morphine is the that thing is powerful. And I had some conversations with myself. I would never have believed when people said that before about how medications affect them until I sat on Timara's chest and had a conversation with Timara. And I had to make a decision in that ICU bed that I was not going to die. And I decided, I just determined right then, okay, God, I hear you. I'm not going to die. When I got home, um, I didn't even have strength enough to sing. And my, my husband had to like hold me and let me cry because I just felt like life was over because singing is that clearly I have my breath. I, I have my right mind, but that's my passion. It's my everything. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have the strength to do that. When the strength started to build itself back up, I just determined right there, I did not get this second chance to half step and not do everything that I'm meant to do. And so my whole mindset changed. Like I, I'm watching, you know, suicide rates and teenagers are up all over the country right now, really all over the world, but especially in our country. I can't sit and pity myself with two teen, three teenagers in my house and not give them an outlet. I got to give them something to keep it normal because I can't quit. We can't quit. I'm not done. Like I'm, I'm going to win a Grammy. So it needs to follow that my children are professional working musicians so that when I need a band, they're at the Grammys with me. I can't have yeah. them wallowing in this self-pity that's taken over. And I'm going to be honest, it's taken over people who don't have a center, who don't know who God is. It is overtaking them to the point where suicide starts to sound like the only option. And we can tell our kids things all day, but I got to show them and I have to immerse them in what they're doing. And then I realize I'm being selfish if I just keep that to the Walker children. So then it was like, I'm going to stay safe, but let me reach out. At first it was my songbirds, my kids choir. I was reaching out to a couple of them, but then random people I don't know on Facebook were like, my daughter has never been in a band. My baby's so depressed. And I would, Come on, just send them. I'll just take two or three at a time. So it, it's just open like that because I got that second chance. I can't be selfish and keep that to myself. I cannot stop because if I was going to stop, then really he should have just let me die back in May. But there was a reason that I didn't. So I'm just going to keep going until I fulfill that. I, I love it. And, and what, one of my listeners, Shante, said, amen, sis. So <laughs> in, in regards to your kids, though, are you scared for them to be in the entertainment industry? What do you say to them? Like, we we know the industry is just not nice. 
you know, right. and especially to minorities. So as a mother, are you scared? Do you, what do you say? So this is a great question because um, I don't really want to say I told you so, but this is my I told you so moment. So when, uh, how long ago was that? 2008. So that means that my daughter was six and my son was three. I was singing background for Jay Moss and traveling with him all over the world. So I was immersed in the gospel industry. Like, you know, he had, especially back then, praise, uh, what was it? Praise is the way that just come out. And yeah. I mean, I was, I was on that pray. tour. Yeah, we must praise it. <laughs> Why well, I just going to rename some. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I did the uh, McDonald's tour with him. I was with Regina Bell when he was. And I had a lot of people tell me that I shared, shared and shared too much with my children. And I really didn't care what they said, but I heard them that I I told them too much. I told them what I made when I was traveling. I told them what I was offered for things. I told them when I did certain things and people said yes. And then it turned into no or I went somewhere and things were going one way and all of a sudden it's gone. I always kept my kids informed. And now that they are 18 and 15, I don't have to be scared for them because they know this industry is cutthroat because they have watched people literally slice me up since my son was three and he's now 15. I did that because I knew my my son has had perfect pitch since he was four months old. I would be nursing him and would go "Hmm," and he would start humming back at me at four months old. I knew they would be musicians. So it was just like, even though some people were like, well, you know, you got to keep keep a kid in the kid's place. I'm sorry. We have to start evolving as time evolves. I'm not raising the same children that my grandparents raised. I, this is not the same world as it was in 1950. So I made sure they knew what I was going through or what was happening. The good, the bad, the ugly, the unfair, the stupid, the ignorant. They know it all. So, you know, even my daughter has played with professional mainstream musicians and my son is on his way. He just, he, he's so mad because he's too young to go everywhere, but you know, he's, he's doing a lot of big things and they play for me. So they're not scared. I'm not scared. We got it. I love it. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your honesty too. Oh yeah. So I, I, I have to ask what can you say? I really want to go back to that one thing where you said the two worlds, because I think this is a perfect segment. And yes, I, I want to go there too. I want to go back to the two worlds because I kind of know where you was going with that being that. Whoo, amen. That's all mm-hmm. I can really say with that, but to have your truth on it. Um, those two worlds, going from secular to gospel, what did you mean the, the similarities in it? Well, can I say before you answer, you, you said that you had the same treatment in both worlds. That's what got me was that even though they were two. Ain't similarity, the same thing. Well, well yeah, but I mean, just to be clear out there, I just want people to hear that it's the similar, yes, the genres, but you had the same treatment in secular that you had in gospel, to be clear for those listening. So let me say this. The treatment was only the same regarding actual music, like regarding actual, you know, getting your your stuff, your music um, out there on a mainstream level. That is where the similarity stops. 
And I'm going to say something that most people probably already know, but the actual treatment of self was way worse in the gospel industry than it was in R&B. And that's, okay. that's, that is my truth. And I have yet really to find someone who has done it on the level that I have done it that feels differently because I was with J Moss um, on the gospel side. And then in R&B, I was two years behind Gladys Knight. I wasn't behind no up and coming artists. I was behind a fully established nine Grammy winning owning mogul. You know, like I wasn't, it wasn't like there was a struggle because of who she was. Gladys Knight, like everywhere I went, it was, you know, I got off the bus. We was famous too, because they just felt like we was on the bus with her. But being in the gospel industry, Man. All right. So y'all see, I got this sweater. All right. You see these right here. It's tattoos. I love tattoos. I have a real problem. I got a real problem. And I think that the Lord is helping me dealing with that by uh, restricting my finances. But I got a real issue. I love tattoos. Okay. So when I was singing in the gospel industry, um, we had to wear black one time. And I had on a dress that was kind of like this, uh, maybe just a little lower, but long sleeve. And it went to the floor. And they literally came up to me and said that it was going to be an issue for me to sing behind Jay because you could see my tattoos in that same service. And I have no problem saying that it was at Greater Emmanuel in Detroit. Yep, uh, Karen Clark's husband's church. Yeah, it was there. And Vanessa Bell Armstrong walks in in a dress that was right at the top of her thigh before it turned into a different body part. And they let her trapes all over that stage singing in that little itty bitty dress because I had a paw print and a music note on the top half of my chest. And it was those types of things like, it, it, it didn't stop there, but like being in that industry on Jay's level at the, at the arenas with Fred Hammond and Marvin Sapp and the expectations and demands are so contradictory. You you are expected because you're in the gospel industry, you're expected to walk in holiness because holiness is right. But then people treat you and refer to you as that word that rhymes with trigger, but it starts with a different letter. <clears throat> they, they take you there, but you still supposed to be holy and reciting scripture. If you don't back up on my face, God is still dealing with me. I grew up in the Midwest. My mother grew up in Detroit. There's an issue in here. I don't really handle the approaching me and treating me any kind of way. Jesus is not my first response. Okay, I'm just I'm just going to keep that real. Now, when I got over to Gladys Knight and I'm with her, yes, it's still the same cutthroat industry. Yes, there are still thousands of artists trying to take your spot. Everybody, I was her director of background vocals. Everybody wanted my job. Everybody wanted me to get them on. My little sister was one of the tenors. And I got folks like, uh, guys, like, well, I sing tenor. That's my sister. I don't care what you sing. But at yeah, least but on the R&B side, it was straight up and real. I didn't have to go through the cloud of holiness and, and going through all that fakeness, like you trying to approach me from a place of love and you prayed for me and God told you. I didn't have to, because it's, it's not real. God did not tell you that. He tends to CC me on the emails about my prophecies. So if I don't know what you're talking about and it's totally left from what I've been led to, I know that's just something that you thought up while you were sitting there being mad at me. But I didn't have to deal with that those falsehoods and that, you know, it was, it was, 
cutthroat. It was ratchet. It was it was crazy. But at least it was just 100 on the R&B side. And it, I just didn't have to go through all of that. And to be for real, there's snakes everywhere. But the snakes on the R&B side approached me like this. As opposed to on the gospel side, we got to go backwards and then through the back door and talk to somebody else. And I don't find out until months and months and years and years later. So it's it's similar, but it it ain't quite the same. Oh, follow up question on that. So okay. if someone young going through this, not knowing about this, what would you tell them their the advice? Um, the advice for, I guess you can say, um, dealing with that because this ain't, you know, like, uh, what was it? David Arnold said, this ain't for the week. You know, the energy mm-hmm. business is not for the week mm-hmm. and putting yourself out front, you know, for everybody to criticize, you're putting yourself out in circles that ain't, you know, because let's, I got, we could just say it simply, I'm going to say it. And, uh, everything she's saying is not a lie. We all know that everybody, they, they, that proclaim is not, really a person that proclaim and then there's always material murder motives of what people have towards you and it's just kind of like one thing that i want people to know and that's why i'm asking you this question is you have to expect the worst and be happy for the best in yep. this industry because no matter if it's your famous person that you love to go and then when you really need them You'd be surprised. Time you listen. We are. <laughs> and, and you have to realize that people are still people. We put people in platform. I think the main thing, I would say this, and then I'm going to pass this over to you, that I just want people to really know is that when you get past that, that starstruck and see people for regular people, you will really be able to succeed because you yes. know what plans you have to do to be able to go forward in this mm-hmm. industry compared to being so culture shocked because your favorite celebrity just cussed you out. Your favorite Hello. celebrity just looked at you sideways or walked off on you or disrespect you in a way that if anybody else would have did that, you would have been fighting them. Right. So it's just like, it. this isn't all honky-dory, praise the Lord, and hallelujahs. Absolutely not. A lot of people here in Vegas, let's, let's, and let's talk about that too, um, know how stellar works okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even though there's not really people in the stellars from vegas there's a lot of people that work or do background or involved with the Mm -hmm. stuff which a lot of people here in town in las vegas i've heard a lot of different testimonies have seen their favorite gospel artist a favorite pastor or favorite person and light where they wouldn't expect it and and Mm -hmm. then and I'm sorry if I bust anybody's bubble. Everybody got issues. It says yeah. not one have not sinned. You know, That's right. not one. That's right, <laughs> so it's just it is once you can get the the reality of the industry. I think that's really your big start in entertainment. But what would you give an upcoming young person that sees the stars and the gladder and the art and the and the awards and the Grammys and all this stuff? What would you tell them as a heat to take heed of? So my biggest thing to any up and coming artist is it's it's twofold. Um, I wish that I would have had a Timara in my life when I was 18. Mm-hmm. 
because 70, because I have um, children that are in my choir that, well, they're not children anymore. They're, they're 18, 19 years old. Um, that I stayed on them. I was on them worse than their parents when it came to music. Like I, I literally was almost to the point of getting a belt and whooping somebody. Like I, I stayed on them because number one, if you can withstand me, then that means we've gotten your skin thick enough almost for half of what this world is getting ready to throw at you, no matter what industry you're going to be in. So the thick skin thing, I think that the young people, especially because, you know, the millennials and younger, they just know everything. God bless everything. Their heart. And, and you try to tell them, you try to tell them things. And unfortunately, they don't believe you until what you said came to pass and all the negative that was associated, now they're carrying that. Then after they've gone through it, then they look it back and it's like, well, dummy, if you would have listened to me when I said it, you could have not been me doing this same thing 20 years ago. So the first thing is that skin gotta be thick. Like if you feel like your mama is just on you, I promise God has revealed to her what is over your life and she is on you because it takes pressure to build diamonds. You are not a cubic zirconia. Take the pressure, man up, buck up and get over it. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing is please be confident in what you are. There mm. are so many young people, old people, middle-aged that are writing songs, playing instruments, coming up with uh, instrumentals. And they have these ideas that come from all of these sources, but because it doesn't sound like Dietrich or because it doesn't sound like Marvin or because your sister, baby daddy, cousin Tracy um, is a producer that work in LA and he heard it and said, oh, this sound kind of old. Baby, there is more than one way to fry fish in this industry. And there may be one producer that tells you what you felt like was a niche idea that you came up with. That one producer may tell you, oh, that ain't going to fly. But there may be someone else at a different label or operating independently that has the same pull, the same power to change your life with a swipe of a pen that would love what you have and show you how to build it so that it works commercially. So do not let one no, five no's, in my case, 7 billion, 153 trillion no's, yeah. Make you believe that what you have is not what is needed because somebody knows how to how to either take what you have and show the world that's what is needed or give you those one one and a half little tweaks that are get it to that level. But don't let someone's opinion tell you that what you got ain't it. Don't don't let it happen. You you got to go to multiple sources. My thing is. I am a very humble, goofy, off the cuff type person. You never know what's going to come out of my mouth. That's why my mama told me to be on my best behavior on tonight because, you know, we got some issues up in here sometimes, but we still praying about that. But That's like, mama pray, I, by the way. Yeah, hey, mommy. Um, but like in the midst of being that humble person, I would tell a young person, you cannot be afraid to acknowledge that you're talented, that you're gifted, that you're anointed. I want it to stop being a stigma. Why is it okay in the black church? It's okay if I say I'm anointed. Everybody was speaking tongues, clap hands, touch and agree with me. But if I say that I'm talented and I can sing, then I'm arrogant. That, that they're one and the same. I, the anointing that I have is there via the gift that I have that is my talent that is singing and music in general. I 
if I don't acknowledge that I've been giving that, given that gift, then it becomes so much easier for other people and the enemy through other people and other people who've opened, the, opened themselves up to be vessels for them to get to me and deter my vision of myself. So I want young people to know you are not arrogant because you say, yes, I can sing. Yes, I am talented. Yes, I can play. Yes, I am gifted. I am anointed. I am blessed. But if I'm at the Blue Martini and y'all need an artist, I can sing and I'm good at what I do and I'm entertaining. Does not make me arrogant. I am not egotistical. I'm honest and I'm aware of what I have. I want young people to know those two things can be separate. You can know who you are without having to be an arrogant, egotistical jerk. Those, those two things are in fact mutually exclusive. Amen. I love what you said because it just feels like in church we're taught, and I won't even say in church, just in the black community, we're just yes. taught to um oh don't 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 be be humble, don't brag be about humble. yourself, mm-hmm. don't, don't do too but you ain't all that. And yeah. I love that you said that because that helps so many people in the generation because I think we're just taught to not speak well of ourselves. Like it's okay to speak well of that person, but don't you get all braggadocious up there. Don't you get all haughty and mighty because the same God that, you know, took you up there. (laughs) Yes. You know, um, that's the thing that I think I I want all young people listening right now to understand when somebody put a little, yo little, yo little, let me say it again. Yo little. Music career, your little job, your little business, your little radio show, your little, your little this. Once you're, you're little, because, you know, it might start little as a seed. Hello. Come on. Mm-hmm. People that say your little is going to have their hand out like this. And they ain't going to ask for a little. Right. Ask for a, your, a little of something. So mm-hmm. you have to understand the, the the faster you can understand that people are not going to be with you until you make it, the easier it's going to be. Do That's not it. set yourself up with unrealistic expectations because you're going to put yourself through more stress, hoping the people around you are there the way you want them to be compared to just knowing mean people where they're at. And right. continuing your passion and your vision of what God gave you as a gift. If God That's gave it. you that talent, continue to work on that craft and keep going forward no matter what somebody said, because everybody had something wrong about somebody. They even said Whitney Houston couldn't sing back in the day. All the fame yeah. and roll. They said Anita Baker would never be a singer outside of a choir. And look where she's at. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of as soon as you get all them haters out, get them no's out first. You yeah. don't start getting those yes because your your biggest setback becomes your biggest comeback. Yes. Every time. Every time. And and I just, I love you for your transparency and your honesty as, as an artist. You meet a lot of artists and they're not, you know, they want to present an image and not be honest to people. So I appreciate your honesty. Um, so I, I just kind of want to flip it up a little bit. I enjoy your transparency. Uh, what you having for dinner tonight? What's that roast looking like? Okay, so look. <clears throat> so when I found out my, my sister and I just got an update, she's going home because God is Amen. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> But uh, shout out to Danny because I know even in the, if she's sitting waiting for my brother to pick her up, she's sitting there watching this. So hi, Danny. Um, hi, Danny. But 
she was there and I didn't think that she was going to be coming home. My family is pretty small. So um, her husband, since she's going to be in the hospital. So I thought I was like, well, you got to come over here because you got to eat. So I just got to I'm going to cook because you coming. So we're going to have this pan seared oven fork, tender roast and onions, macaroni and cheese with penne pasta, some green beans and some Hawaiian rolls and a strawberry crunch, crunch cake for dessert. That sounds delicious. It was yeah. the Hawaiian rolls for me. You can't go wrong with Hawaiian rolls. Cold. See, that's the, the almost diabetic in me when you said strawberry corn cake. I said, ooh, that sounds good. I ain't ate all day. Ooh, I need some of that. So I want to talk about your, you going viral. Okay. That's not a that's not a, like a, a a story that everybody got. So how was that? Um, for you as uh, that whole experience that you going viral singing um, Oh Holy Night, which you, I'm going to play tonight because we're going it's going into the holiday season. Yes, and, it is. So with it being into the holiday season, you're going to start hearing um, Temptations and all kind of the same songs we play every holiday. <laughs> new holiday music. But until then, you're going to hear the same good old goodies. The whole season, yes. <laughs> well, it was it was it was really an accident. Um, this was four years ago. I was in DC um, doing a corporate gig. I worked with a, a company called Nexus and out of Virginia, and they were having this big Christmas thing, and they wanted a choir thing, and. Um, it was kind of last minute, so I grabbed my whole family because we're all musical. My kids, my mama, my sister. Um, <clears throat> so I did that. And uh, Victoria McTire, that's the only person that was not related to me that was a part of this choir. And we went down there to sing. And we they sent us on a trip to say thank you. They sent us to the mall in, in D.C. It was freezing cold. And we went to the I had never been on the subway in D.C. before. So we went down there and my son decides he wants to try to walk backwards down 111 black lacquer steps. And the black mother in me was ready to take the belt off of the pants that I had and beat him all up and down that subway. And my mama was like, it's too many people. It's too many people. Why don't you sing a song? So I was like, okay. And my daughter took her phone and held it up and I sang Oh Holy Night just right there. And of course, it's my family and Victoria. So what do they do? Jump in and start singing background. So like, you know, I'm singing it. It was great. I finished it. And I, and my whole crowd is woo! We kept on on our way, drove back to Virginia. I go to sleep. I wake up in the morning and Robert Hatcher, who is Leandria Johnson's role manager, had taken and put that video down to a minute and put it on Instagram. And I have like 17,000 notifications on Facebook and I can't figure out why. And before I could make it back to Vegas, I'm getting phone calls from Channel 3 and Channel 5 because they're asking around because somebody says she sings with Cirque du Soleil. So they call in Cirque talking about who's that girl that sang with y'all on the moon? She just sang. So by the time I got back here, I'm doing interviews and stuff and I'm I'm in a, I'm on the Today Show and Good Morning America. I'm in Elle Magazine. The Washington Post literally tweeted me like, what's your phone number? This was the craziest thing I had ever gone through in my life. But I'm like, okay, this is the platform. But y'all, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready because I, when I married my husband, I was not healed from a domestic violence situation before. He had to pretty much let me go through that. I wasn't ready. So what did God do? It went viral every Christmas since then. And then last year, 
uh, it just took on a whole other body of its own because I low-key forgot about it. And then I um, was doing the Heartbreak Hotel show at Harris. They told us on December 20th, hey, we ran out of money and the show going to close on December 31st. I was sitting at my computer and I just kept on typing. And then I flip over to Facebook and I have 11,000 notifications and the thing had gone viral again with a whole set of people that have never seen it before. I was ready this time. And that's how I ended up, you know, going with Joe Piggy and Aaron Arrington and recording Oh Holy Night and putting it on not only Aaron's Christmas album, but then putting it on iTunes as a single for myself and you know, finally was just at that place where it was like, all right, let me, it's time to just take it to another level. I'm, I love everything that everybody is doing in Las Vegas, but I have outgrown the Aliante stage. It's time for me to go to another level. And because I was ready this time, all those things just kind of fell into place. And, um, you know, before I had thought I need a publicist and I had no idea that I had absolutely nothing to publicize. So what in the nation would a publicist want to work with me for? But, you know, now I'm at this point in my life and I've had time to learn and research and see what I needed to do. Now I'm ready. Now I have a publicist out of Atlanta who is just killing me with everything that he's got going on with me. And it all started because I was trying not to whoop my son. So I just thank God. That's what it was. See, what? You, you fought against the the generational, <laughs> right? God bless you. In the midst of it all, he said, "You know what? You're gonna change. You're gonna change this up, and you're not gonna whoop your son today. Go ahead and show a holy night and, and show the mercy that I give y'all. You're gonna show mercy to your son, and that's exactly what happened. Man, that see, that's amazing. I love hearing yeah. those." Because it'd be the stories that you'd be like, they didn't even, nobody even planned to go viral. It'd just be that time where you're like, why do I got all this bing, 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 bing? I think that's the funniest part when I hear people that say they go viral. Because you literally sit there and just imagine. You get annoyed with all the notifications on your phone. Just like <laughs> thousand notifications. I would have thrown away. Well, the thing is, my throne, my phone threw itself away. I, I woke up and I picked it up. I took it off the charger. I saw 17,302. And I said, what? And I hit Facebook and my whole iPhone died. The whole thing was just like, nope, you, I just, I need to, that's exactly how my phone just, and that was it. So it was just so much, but you know, that's how things go. And why, as much as I stay prepared, as much as I keep my makeup done, my face beat, lashes on, why I go viral with a winter coat on with not a stitch of makeup and it was eight degrees down in that tunnel? You know, it never happens when you spent 45 minutes in the mirror getting right. I had on a bubble coat, y'all, from Detroit. Like, I had on a bubble coat and a scarf. And like, you know, but, but any other time, I'd have been dressed, honey. But no, we go viral in a bubble coat. So that's just I, what I it love is. it. I, I, I want to say, you know, one, it's just a pleasure interviewing you because you are just multifaceted. Thank you Thank for you. not giving up. And to anybody listening to it, that last story, I don't know if you guys heard it, but it's like you weren't even prepared. And then you recorded it. You weren't ready the first time. Mm 
it came back around and then it came back around again. So like what I'm hearing from you and anybody listening to this, you know, we're taught, especially in creative fields, like you only get one shot. You only right. get that shot that that's it. You, you might as well just just give it up because you'll never have that shot again. But it's like yeah. just like God is the God of a second chance, third chance and fourth chance. Exactly. Anybody out there, you are the testament and, and your spirit and your tenacity. Like you are the example of resilience, perseverance and what real mm -hmm. talent will do. It's clear you have a talent that transcends time and genres. That's one thing special about you. And hopefully people listening out there will just hear that like, yo, don't give up. Right. I hope I hope so. That's that's all I'm trying to exude. Like there's so many we, we may miss so many amazing gifts if people don't know to not give up. I don't know what's mm -hmm. out there. I don't know what my children might do, but they just they can't quit. Not in front of me. And, and with that being said, don't give up by go ahead and sharing the live. Go ahead and share the live, everybody. And make sure you like the post. Do everything that you need to do. Download the Anointed Radio app and follow us on all social media at LV Anointed Radio. Las Vegas is number one gospel station. All right. Plugs is done and we paid the bills. So one thing I wanted to ask, this will be the last question going into closing, is what's next? Well, uh, the most, the, okay, this is kind of amazing. December 19th, virtually, I'm going to be doing my very first tribute to Aretha Franklin. And I am excited about that because, and I don't mean no shade to nobody, but if you can't sing it, at least like Aretha, then don't sing it. And I, I have seen some tributes that really should have been Praise Dance Ministries, but anyway, I I told you, see, I had to sneak one in before I left. You never know what I'm saying. You never know. The shade was real. She said it should have been praise dance ministry. Praise dance oh, or, you know, the ministry for the Either one, but I'm doing this because I get I, I get complete creative control. My band is uh, shout out to Armani Lowry. My band is the Mob Band Phase Two, which consists of my children. So my band for this amazing show, I gave birth to forty percent of them. Okay, that's big, and um, I, I'm that's so nice. excited because it's going to be at the Alexis Park All All Suites Hotel and Casino. Um, there, depending on how this shutdown goes, there will be availability for there to be a live audience, but it will also be streaming. This is going to be a ticketed event because to everyone watching and to everyone who will watch this later, musicians still need to work. We Amen. need to work. I, I am not a customer service agent. I am an entertainer, a performer, and a singer, a musician, and I need to work. Virtual tickets are $10. That means all over the world, you can just invest at $10 little dollars, and I'm going to entertain you for an hour. I've got background singers. The average age of my band members is 15. Come on, man. You can't really, like, beat that. I, I'm so excited. Uh, just all kinds of music. I am going to play for myself a little bit. We're going to have some interesting little videos and stuff. So, again, that is December 19th and I'll have that posted, the flyer and everything, what time it'll be, but I really hope people can do that. Um, I've got a single called Love It that is produced by Tub Young Frazier, the Chicago Kids guitar player. Um, that song is going to be coming out soon. We're working on a visual for the fried chicken song because it is in a movie with Tiffany Haddish. 
Thank you. I love it too. It's about my husband and chicken because I love both of those things. That's why I'm not hurting because I love fried chicken. Um, but that song, we're getting ready to do a visual um, that really speaks to the importance to the black family because like we're losing that in this time period where we are right yes. now so that's coming next and of course my songbird show um getting ready to elevate that take it to another level so i am just i'm trying to do everything i can because i am on my 18th chance probably now and i'm not gonna quit so that's that's what's next amen amen well, well first of all all i can say is to god be the glory for everything that you're doing um shout out amen. to thank you you and all the great things you're doing soon you're gonna have a whole label with just all your kids and that's and, what i'm hoping <laughs> have everybody i remember when i when i saw y'all saw the youth explosion you were saying yeah all them yeah all them they're mine and, yeah. and, <laughs> and whatever help you need i said can i put them on the right they said we're gonna work on that but yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen. and I, I definitely appreciate you for not uh forgetting about this interview and all the things you said, because it was definitely a great meeting you and being able to hear more about you. It's definitely yeah. going to be a platform because I love Las Vegas talent. I definitely love, you know, putting Las Vegas talent on a platform because I believe there's so much talent here. We're just not exposed out to the whole big pond. So uh, one thing I could definitely say is on the behalf of Anointed Radio, I thank you for coming on. I really Thank appreciate you. you. Now you've been on, you really family. So yeah. Um, okay. So now when you have new projects and things like that, you got to come back on, tell us all about it. It's just kind of like going to your, your grandmama house and your cousins are there. Yes, mm -hmm. you come back and talk about all the new things that you have done in this great world with your family. So definitely keep us in you know the circle and the loop of all well, so long as y'all don't mind that if we if we ever run into a mutual friend please know they're gonna tell you that i said oh that's my cousin don't be mad because i that's okay, what I, I do once i claim you we family and then my mother's gonna claim you too so k burgess is getting ready to request you if she's not your friend already so just go Got ahead you. and accept that because we take everybody in and y'all gonna have to come and i cook i sing i play and i cook y'all gonna have to try some chicken and, and and some of this roast. Well, amen. I just fried some fish up today. If y'all want to go check Ooh. that out, check my social at Anointed Jaylon and on my Facebook page, hey. Calhoun, where I was frying some fish up and made sloppy joes for the kids. Come on, oh, sloppy joes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I should make sloppy joes the good version, not the cafeteria version. I know that's right. Home. Well, yeah. I know in the future I want to drop in on one of the Wednesday songbirds and just enjoy some live music. So I would love to have you. Absolutely. Like we, you know, we social distance, but I never have more than eight people in here. But I have an area for an audience to watch. I would love to have you. Please know it looks like we in a great space. We are in my dining room. So you get to come in here and, and sit next to my dog and watch the show. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> RSVP for that. Okay, I got that. Is it, do right. we got VIP tickets for that? The, so the VIP tickets to get you a spot on the couch. Regular tickets get you a spot at the table. But either way, you're more than welcome. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, one thing I just want to say, you know, continue doing the things that you're doing. We, uh, God bless you with it all. And with us going out, um, what's some last words that you'll say that you want to leave with everybody? Well, first of all, thank y'all so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate that. I have, 
you know, D, I, we were at Mountaintop and I had never really met you, but you got that same kind of crazy spirit I have, just laugh at everything. So I, I just felt like we instantly clicked on that level. And now to have done this and be able to actually have like personal conversation with you is such a pleasure. You are just as wonderful as you appear to be on Facebook. You wanted the real ones. Um, the, what I want to say to everybody is, I hope you so crazy. <laughs> I hope that y'all can see that this is me. I Timara the artist is really getting make ready to make a more prevalent mark social media in the industry. I'm claiming my spot in the mainstream industry right now. And I just want y'all to know that it's not gonna change. I'm gonna be this same bald head goofy chick that I am on this Wednesday in two years, three years, before the Grammy, with the four Grammys, in the purple gown at the Grammys, I'm I'm going to be the same. Um, and I just want y'all to be a part of the journey. The music that I, I produce and create is for y'all. It's, it's something that I'm given, but it's really to touch somebody else. There's a woman somewhere that knows how I felt before and didn't have anybody else. I may be able to, you know, say something or speak something into her that'll change how she feels. I've had older people come up to me at the Aliante as I'm singing Sweet Thing and tell me with tears in their eyes that I had such an anointing that I broke whatever they were going through. You know, they were having suicidal thoughts. They were having angry thoughts, wanted to get a divorce. Me singing Sweet Thing was what got them to stop and rethink what they were doing. So I just, especially the young people, please don't be deterred. We trying to we're trying to evolve. Don't be deterred by sometimes former generations can't accept the way we do things. Your anointing is your anointing is your anointing. It's like a shirt that you can't take off. It doesn't matter if you're standing in St. Paul Church of God in Christ or the Blue Martini. You are still anointed. So walk in that and receive it. And you're, the gift that you have when God's giving you a gift that's too big for a little box, he'll tell you. So hear that and, and move forward. Don't let anybody stop you. Your gift is going to be your gift no matter where you are. That's what I got. Amen. And with that, make sure you go ahead and download the Anointed Radio app one more time. And make sure you share this live. And if you missed the front of this, guess what? I know you missed it for the rest of the night. But guess what? There is another moment where you could be able to go on Sunday to all of our podcasts. Because we're on every podcast um, platform except for title and you can find us on pandora iHeartRadio, apple spotify all that good stuff and hear this same interview so if you are super excited to hear this playback go ahead and go and and add us on the podcast platform see all the previous interviews that we've had that's been in the same seat as miss walker and you'll see on sunday her interview as well just had to put that information out there. And with that being said, I would love for you to introduce your song, Oh Holy Night, as we close out. All right, y'all. Again, this is the song that literally saved the hide of my youngest son. It is the traditional Christmas song, Oh Holy Night, but performed by me with just a little natural flavor that I think I was born with. So I hope you enjoy it. You can Get this anywhere. It's all over YouTube, Facebook, and I'm going to make sure it, it brings itself right on back for this Christmas so y'all be safe and enjoy. Amen. See y'all next week. Peace. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night
of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and never pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Praise His holy name. 
Oh.